towards me to bless me paramam gusyam adhyatma sangitam yat tvaya vachah uktam tvaya vachah uktam those words that you have said and for the words or the statements of the teaching that law krishna has imparted law and arjuna uses many adjectives so what law krishna has taught to arjuna so far in this 10 chapters Arjuna describes paramam gusyam adhyatma sangeetam vachah. The word is a paramam. First of all, adhyatma sangeetam. Adhyatma sangeetam, that which is called adhyatma. Sangeya means name. So that which is called adhyatma. Adhyatma. So adhi and atma, when you add this, becomes adhyatma. Adhi shows a location, a locus. So atma, the self is the locus of which is called adhyatma. So, Dhyatma means that knowledge here of which Atma, the self is a subject matter. Dhyatma is Paramam. This Vachaha, the words are Paramam. Paramam means most exalted. So, greatest Paramam. Why is it Param? Paramam means limitless as a matter of fact. Or Paramam is also means most exalted. Oh Lord, these words are most exalted because Listening to them and gaining the knowledge based on the Upadesha that you have given becomes a means so that these words impart a knowledge. These words are the means of knowledge and therefore the knowledge that is imparted through these words is a means of attainment of Paramam, the limitless. Therefore these words are also called Paramam. In fact these words convey the knowledge, which knowledge is the means of attainment of Paramam, the limitless in our life. The teaching that is imparted through this word is a means of attainment of Parma Purushartha, the ultimate goal of life. Therefore, Lord, your words are also Paramam, your words are also most exalted. This most exalted. So the Paramatvam or exaltedness of the word is not determined by the words themselves, but by what is conveyed through the words. Because Lord Krishna is not even in flowery language and things like that. So what is so wonderful about the words of Lord Krishna? It is not the words, but it is what is conveyed through the words, namely the knowledge. It is the knowledge which is paramount, knowledge that is most exalted. Why is it so? Because it is the means of attainment of that which is the most exalted in our life. And what is that? Liberal freedom. Moksha or the freedom. So freedom from every form of limitation. <coughs> Gushyam. Also Gushyam Gopaniyam. Something that is a Gushyam is a secret. So Lord Krishna seems to be fond of using this word again and again, Gushyam. In many places Lord Krishna has used this word, Gushyam means that which is Gopaniyam, to be hidden. And therefore it is interpreted as secret. Because secret is there or something most precious is that which you always want to hide. It is not to be shown just to anybody and everybody. And similarly also this knowledge is not to be imparted to anybody and everybody, it is imparted only to those who are deserving ones, so those who deserve. So Lord, this is your Anugraha. What is Anugraha? What is your Krupa? So what is your blessing to me? Is that you imparted to me this most exalted knowledge, which is the greatest secret, and I don't think that I really deserve it. So Arjuna recognizes that he has been the recipient of the Anugraha, of the grace of the Lord all along. 
It is not that I am really competent to gain this knowledge or even I am not qualified even to receive this knowledge from you because I don't have those qualifications. It is purely by your grace that you imparted this teaching to me. And grace of Lord Krishna is why Arjuna is very evident even in Bhagavad Gita itself. As I said that Lord Krishna accepted to become the charioteer of Arjuna. What a grace it is. Lord Krishna himself is not only the Lord of the fourteen worlds, but of course he is even the Lord of Dwarika. Even in the worldly sense also, he is a great man. And for him to become charioteer of Arjuna, I mean, so, even then he says, surely Arjuna, I will do that. And right in the first chapter, Arjuna asks Lord, he commands. Alright? Then Lord Krishna doesn't say, Who are you to tell me? Do you know who I am? How can I ask me to place it? How can I ask me to do something? No. When he's taken up the job of charioteer, he lives by that job. And so he accepts the role of a servant. Arjuna is a master. Place my chariot between the two armies? Yes, sir. The chariot is placed. And this is what we are told also in Mahabharata, that Lord Krishna properly fulfilled the role, the role of a charioteer. That at the end of the day, when they go back to their camp, when the horses are released from the chariot, then Lord Krishna will wash them, will serve them, do everything that a charioteer does. Not that he had a line of servants to do, he himself did it. That shows his greatness, of course. Because a great person is there which has no difficulty in bending down. As, as we were saying the other day, that when Yudhishthira perform a great yaga called Rajasu Yajna, people uh, ask for different duties, you know, volunteer work. So because a huge project was there and so thousands of people were going to be invited and there will be a big feast. And what is the job that Lord Krishna offered to do? To collect all the leaf plates after the people have finished their meals. So lowliest of the low job, he is highest of the high, and except the lowliest of the low job, because he has no, no difficulty at all. That shows the freedom, the ability or the freedom to do anything. Anyway, and all along Bhagavad Gita also we can see what a wonderful relationship Lord Krishna and Arjuna enjoy. It's a very beautiful relationship, of course, that obtains between the teacher and the student. Here Lord Krishna himself says, Bhaktosine Sakhacheti Rahasyam Jetruttam. Here Juna have imparted this great secret because you are my friend as well as a devotee. In the beginning of 10th chapter, Lord Krishna says, Hureva Mahabaho Shrune Paramam Vachaha. Here Juna, again listen to this exalted words of mine. Again, he volunteers. So the 10th chapter opens with the statement of Lord Krishna. It is not in response to Arjuna's request or Arjuna's question. Lord Krishna himself volunteers with the, to, with the tenth discourse. Why is it so? That peham priyamaya. Because Arjuna, I find that you are really pleased listening to my words. You are listening to my words as though you are drinking nectar. I can see the joy on your face. And therefore, I'll further tell you this about this most exalted knowledge. So Lord Krishna is mighty pleased with Arjuna. And of course Arjuna is, no question, pleased with Lord Krishna. As we said earlier in the 10th chapter also Arjuna says, O oh Lord, Vistarena Atmano Yogam Vibhutim Chijanarana Bhuyakasaya. O oh Lord, please again describe in detail your glories and your yoga. Describe in detail. So look at Arjuna. He has forgotten this, he is sitting in the midst of the battlefield. And he is asking Lord Krishna to describe the glories in detail. Arjuna, do you realize that all these fellows are waiting for us to finish this dialogue so that the battle can start? And here, but Arjuna forgot. But Arjuna has been describing my glories all along. Please tell me again. Why? Lord, listening to your words which are like nectar, I just don't seem to be satisfied at all. Listening to your words, which are showering the nectar, I keep on drinking that through the through my ears, and I'm just not satisfied at all. Therefore, please say again and again, describe in detail. Now, this is the kind of disciple which teacher will not be pleased with him. You know, that's all. And so 
Here also Arjuna says, I can see, Lord, that all along it has been your grace that you gave me this most exalted Adhyatma Sangeetam, most exalted knowledge called Adhyatma, of which is subject matter, Atma, subject matter itself. This is how Lord Krishna started the teaching in the second chapter. By what we call Atma, Anatma, Viveka, a discrimination between or discernment, separation between the self and the non-self. Because to take the non-self to the self, this is called mutual superimposition, where the non-self is taken to the self, and the quality of one are superimposed upon the other. This is a phenomenon that is going on. This is called moha. And this is how the, the necessity of the teaching of Bhagavad Gita takes its place is there is moha. Moha means delusion. And that gives us shoka or grief. So Shankaraji explains right in the beginning of the introduction of Bhagavad Gita that the, the purpose of the teaching of Bhagavad Gita is to remove grief. The shoka or the grief is a basic human problem and the Bhagavad Gita addresses itself to this human problem of grief. But the grief is a result of something. It is caused by something. And only when we remove the cause, then the effect will go. All the time we are also going to remove our grief anyway. All, all, all that we do constantly is nothing but attempting to remove our grief. Which grief alone manifests sadness and some anger, sometimes jealousy, sometimes depression, sometimes frustration. All of these are nothing but manifestations of grief. So human being is grieving and all along whatever we are trying to do, is an attempt to become free from this grief, except it doesn't seem to work out. The way attempt to become free from the grief seems to land in further grief, looks like. And therefore, this grief or shoka is compared to an ocean, which is just shoreless. And I keep on just swimming and flying, but I, there's no end at all, there's no other shore. Similarly also, attempts that human being makes to become free from grief seems to increase the grief or doesn't at least get rid of it. So what is necessary is you must understand what is the cause of this grief. And here it is diagnosed the cause of grief is shoka or moha. Moha is the delusion. What is delusion? Taking one thing to be another. Or perceiving something which is not there is called moha. However, one who translates this word moha, whether you translate delusion or this or whatever, but moha means Seeing something where it is not, that's all. Superimposing something where it is not. The stock example is rope snake. Seeing a snake where in fact there is a rope, this is called moha. Similarly also, seeing, seeing unhappiness where it is not, seeing limitation where it is not, seeing bondage where it is not. Where do I see bondage? Where do I see limitation? Where do I see unhappiness? In the self, where it is not. And also, seeing happiness where it is not again. So where unhappiness is not in the self, I see unhappiness. And where happiness is not in a non-self, I see happiness. This will be elaborated by Swamiji, he started discussion of happiness, etc. But this is moha. What is non-self is taken to be self. This body is not myself. Body is very much drishya, an object of perception. And therefore I perceive or I am aware of this body as much as I am aware of anything else outside me. And as this morning Swami said that nobody takes this flower to be I. This is a beautiful flower. I enjoy it. But I never say that I am the flower. Because that distinction between the object and subject is very clear to me. And where the distinction is clear is no problem. Unfortunately when it comes to this body that distinction seems to get blurred. And even though this body also is as much an object of my awareness as this flower is, and still somehow when it comes to this body, rather than I understanding this body as an object of knowledge, I take it to be I. That's, this is called moha. Superimposing selfness upon the non-self. Superimposing snakeness upon the rope, where the snakeness is not. In the rope, there is not even a trace of snakeness. Superimposing snakeness upon that in which there is not even a trace of snakeness. Similarly also, superimposing selfness upon that which is not self. This is, this is nobody's fault. This is what is happening to everybody. It's not our fault. This is what everybody is born with. 
And this is going on from the time beginning less and less. It is nobody's fault that we have this. They are born. If it is born to take his body as a self. The mind is a self. And then there is fear. Now they saw me the fear of death. Naturally it is going to be there. Because there is, there is love for life. There is love for existence. Because existence is knowledge of the self. And therefore the love for the self is natural. Everybody, love for the self is natural. And self is self-existence. Therefore, love for immortality is natural. So this chit or awareness or knowledge, love for knowledge is natural. So this ananda happiness, love for happiness is natural. They learn existence. And therefore I cannot stand the prospect of my existence being wiped out. I cannot accept it. And then there is a fear, wherever there is a possibility that my existence will be wiped out. That there is love for happiness, wherever there is prospect of unhappiness, I'm not happy. And wherever there is ignorance or stupidity, I, 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 I like knowledge, I want to be wise. I do not want to be stupid or fool. So wherever I feel that I appear as a fool, many people hesitate to ask questions in the satsang also. Because I don't know how my question will be, Swamiji, you know. And so how will people judge me? Oh, this fellow is asking such a stupid question. I do not want to to me to appear as a stupid person or as a foolish person because there is a natural love for wisdom. It's natural. And therefore, identification of the body gives rise to fear of death. Identification of the intellect gives rise to the prospect of my being ignorant or stupid. Identification of the mind gives rise to prospect of my being unhappy. So this is what causes grief. That is shock or grief. Grief is caused because of fear, insecurity, smallness, ignorance. Asochyanan was from therefore and Arjuna was grieving. It is a, it's a human problem. So in fact, Bhagavad Gita addresses not only the problem of Arjuna, it addresses the problem of human being. Grief is the problem of every human being. But Swami is trying to tell us that the animals don't identify with the body, they do. But they are not sensitive enough to grieve. Grief also requires sensitivity, really. If you are not sensitive, there will be no grief. Human being is a very evolved being and therefore is very sensitive, very self-conscious about the sense of limitation. That's the reason why he's grieving. Animals are also very limited, no doubt about that, but they are not conscious about it. So anyway, therefore, the Adhyatmam, Lord Krishna, began the teaching by showing to Arjuna, Asochyan, Anusochastam, Arjuna, there is no reason for grief at all. There is no reason for grief. Because if you knew what you are, there would be no reason for grief at all. Ratasum, Ratasum se, Nana Sochandi Panditaha. The wise are those who never grieve. <coughs> Not that they are insensitive. Sometimes when you listen to the description of a wise person, it looks as though he becomes insensitive. He remains equipoised in the situation of pain and pleasure. That means he doesn't feel anything or what? It's not so. Or when you say that the wise people never grieve, isn't that they are insensitive? No. But then they perceive something more than we do. And therefore they realize that even when the body dies, the self does not die. When the body is born, the self is not born. Nayam hantin hanyate. Now Krishna says, Here Juna, Atma is akarta, abhokta. Is a non-doer, non-enjoyer. Yenam vetti hantaram, yasvenam manyate hadam, ubhautavana vijanitaha, nayam hantin hanyate. The one who takes the self to be a killer, another one who takes the self to be killed, <coughs> both of them do not know because the self neither kills nor is killed. <coughs> Meaning self does not perform an action nor does it become an object of action. He is neither a villain nor a victim. I never become a victim of somebody's action. The self does not become the victim of anybody's action, nor is a villain of any action also. Nāyam hanti nhanyate. There is no kartrutva, no bhoktrutva, no doership, no enjoyership. And therefore, there is no possibility of any hurt or guilt. So this is what Lord Krishna elaborately says. That ātma, the self is changeless, free from any modification. And kartrutva, bhoktrutva, doership, enjoyership, these are all modifications. Self is free from all of them. And when you know the self as such, there is no question of any grief. So yet prayoktam vachaha, O Lord, all these vachaha, these upadesha, the teaching that you imparted. All of Arjuna, I did all of this. Did they, did they 
do anything to you. Lord Krishna says that I imparted a teaching in the first six chapters about the nature of the self. Did it do something to you? Arjuna acknowledges, yes Lord, it has done something to me. What is what has it done to Mohoyam Vigatomama. My delusion is gone. <coughs> so Arjuna here acknowledges, acknowledges that on, on, as a result of your teaching, now my delusion is gone. I no more take myself to a doer or enjoy. At least I know the self is neither doer nor enjoyer. <coughs> so in this verse, Arjuna summarized the teaching of the first six chapters of Gita. The second verse, Arjuna summarizes the teaching of the or or, or says in, in one word the teaching that he has received from Lord Krishna in the chapters 7 to 10. So Arjuna continues in the second verse. Bhavapyayohi bhutanam Bhavapyayohi bhutanam Shutao vistarashomaya Shutao vistarashomaya Tvattah kamala patraksha Tvattah kamala patraksha Mahatmim avichavyayam Mahatmim avichavyayam Bhavapyav hibhutanam shruto vistarashah maya Again, indeed, bhava and apyaya Bhava means creation, apyaya, dissolution Bhavapyav hibhutanam the creation and dissolution of Bhutana or the things of the world. Maya Vistarasaha Sutau. I have listened to the heard by me in great detail. O Lord Krishna, I have heard that you are describing in great detail the creation and dissolution of the whole of all the beings of the whole universe. <coughs> That's what Lord Krishna said. Well, Tvattaha. Tvattaha means from you. So Maya Sutau, O Lord, from you, I have heard about the creation and dissolution of all the beings, means the whole universe. And Tvattaha, so the creation and dissolution is from whom? From you. So Tvattaha means from you, that from you applies in two cases. From you I have heard that from you there is creation and dissolution. So Lord Krishna, you told me, you told me that the universe is created from you. The universe is sustained by you. The universe ultimately dissolves back into you. So that's what Lord Krishna said. Aham sarvasya prabhavaha matta sarvam prabhavare. Here Arjuna, I am the origin of everything. And everything is ultimately his, is, I am the intelligence behind everything. Not, um, Arjuna, in seventh chapter, Lord Krishna also said, matta parparam nanyat kinchidasti Here Arjuna, there is nothing in the universe other than me. Aham Krishnasya Jagadaha Prabhavaha Pralayasthada I am the one that is the source of the entire creation. I am the one into whom the entire creation resolves back. Other than me, there is nothing. I am the material cause of the universe. I am the efficient cause of the universe. I am both the material and the efficient cause. I am both the creator and the creation. I am everything. Thus the non-duality of the Lord has been revealed from the 7th to the 10th chapter. This Tarashaha in great detail. In 7th chapter also it is described, in 9th chapter also it is further described in detail. So this Tarashaha. So you are so kind. And Lord Krishna is very kind also, as a teacher is supposed to be, that there is a repetition, sometimes people have a problem. So Swamiji in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna seems to repeat certain things again and again, but that is not. So, in the, the repetition is supposed to be one of the defects. If we keep on saying the same thing again and again, that is considered a defect. But not so when it comes to teaching, because Lord Krishna is concerned that the student must actually grasp what is being said. And therefore, whenever a topic requires to be elaborated again and again, the teacher has no difficulty or no hesitation in repeating also. Sometimes the same words are repeated, Sometimes the same theme is repeated. So, Vistarasa, in great detail you describe the creation, sustenance, dissolution of the universe. You describe also, Lord, how you are the creation, how you are the creator, how you are the material, how you are the intelligence, 
how you are what is sentient, you are the insentient. You are the subject, you are the object. You are everything. The object also is God, subject also is God, and the one that is beyond subject and object also is God. So all this is said in the ninth chapter. When we say object and subject, both are God, that means that God is immanent. When we say that it is beyond object and subject, he is transcendent. So immanent also he is, transcendent also he is, he is one without a second. There is nothing other than him. <coughs> As we said yesterday, that he ultimately reduces to I. That Saha becomes Aham, so Soham, what is in the beginning He, ultimately is discovered to be nothing but I. Tvattah <coughs> Kamal Patraksha, Arjuna addresses Lord Krishna as Kamal Patraksha, one whose eyes are like the lotus petal. So this is a style in India, to describe the beauty. So lotus petal is very beautiful and eyes are compared to lotus petal. And why lotus petal? Because lotus petal is red in the corners. So therefore Lord Krishna's eyes are large, like lotus petal, with red, redness in the corner. This is supposed to mean that finding out the beauty. So finding out how beautiful you are. And also, eyes are those which shower compassion and grace. And so your large eyes showering grace and compassion. And this beautiful eyes, O oh Lord, you are not only beautiful, but also graceful and compassionate. <coughs> Mahatma Vichavyam, and also I listen from you, Mahatma Vichavyam, Shrutam, the perennial glory also was heard from you, Mahatmyam. Avyam Mahatmyam, your perennial glory, that also I heard from you. <coughs> so Lord Krishna describes his glories also. He has no hesitation in saying that I am everything. The whole world is strung in me. Understand Arjuna, I am the, I am the taste in water, I am the fragrance in the earth. I am the heat in the fire, I am the light in the sun, I am everything. He is the whole... See how wonderful his glories are. All the elements is the space, air, fire, water and earth. And his different powers are manifest in these different elements. If the earth possesses the Shakti or the power, that is called Bharani Shakti, that sustains everything. Earth manifest the Shakti, the power of the Lord, that is the sustaining power of the Lord. Water also the power. What, what does water do? Quenches the thirst. That's called Apyayani Shakti. The quenching power of the Lord is manifest in water. And then fire also is the power. Is what? Illuminating power of the Lord is manifest in fire. There also is the power. And what is that? The life sustaining power of the Lord is manifest in the air. And space also is a power. And what is that? The accommodating power of the Lord is manifest in the space. Thus the universe constantly manifests. Everything really manifests. Nothing but the, the, the different powers and the beauty of the Lord. So, Agyam, Mahatmam, in this manner of Lord, you also describe your greatness, perennial glory. Lord Krishna says, I am the creator of the whole universe and still I am not. That's most amazing. In one sentence, Lord Krishna would say, Chaturvanyam maya sustam guna karma bhagasaha tasya kartaram imam vidhi avyam akartaram. Here you know, I created this whole world consisting of different kinds of human beings. Know me to be the creator and know that I have not created. So this is the glory. Real glory is what? That in spite of appearing to create, in fact, you do not create anything. In spite of appearing to do everything. In fact, you do not do anything. So Lord Krishna says, Namam karma limbandi, name karma phalesvaha. As you look, I am doing the actions of creation, sustenance and dissolution. Oh Lord, when you create a world like this, where there is so much unhappiness and pain and dharma and what not, so you have created this universe having so much diversity and disparity, that means that you will be stuck with, with all kinds of worship. says, no, no, in spite of having created the world, I am not bound at all because even though I appear to create, in fact I don't create. Even though I appear to do things, I don't do. Even though I appear to be born, I am not born. Even though, but Lord, you are the one who gives the results of all the actions to people. That means that you punish some people and you favor some other people and therefore you are partial. You are cruel. Says no, I am neither partial nor cruel. Even though you appear to be punishing. 
looks like, you know, sometimes in India particularly we say that when somebody is having pain, etc., I say, this is all your prarama. You have, you know, this is all your karma. People feel also, this is all my karma, Swamiji, this is my, you know, karma in the past, that all this is happening to me. Or sometimes you ask this question, but Swamiji, my mother has lived such a pious life, and then why should she suffer? What for is she being punished? So looks like sometimes God is punishing people. So I never punish anybody, Lord Krishna says. And Lord, you should be favoring some people. I don't favor them also. So even though appearing to be punishing and favoring, there is no favor, there is no punishment. So this is a real secret. And this is what you understand about God. Because if we, if you don't understand this, if you say that Lord is the creator and sustainer and dissolver, then Lord will have a lot of problems. Why should we create, Swami, why should we create a world like this? And when you say that he is a dispenser of the rule of action, then does it mean that Lord punishes the people, Swami, for, for whatever mistakes they have committed? And he is supposed to be the witness of all the actions. But then Lord Swami, if you say that he is witnessing all the actions, how does he allow actions of, you know, of shooting and killing, how does he allow them to take place? So if you understand Lord merely the creator and sustainer or dissolver, all kinds of problems are going to be there. But then Lord Krishna says, I appear to do all of this, but in fact I don't know. Means that all of this is mithya, all of this is more, more like a, a play rather than a reality. So unless we understand the reality of what is happening, these questions will always bother us and we have a lot of problems with God. Therefore, in all these chapters, Lord Krishna is very elaborately shown that how he is akarta, he is a non-doer, in spite of appearing to do. Of course, another thing is that, uh, which has also been said a number of times in the past, that how come, Swamiji, that God does not stop people from shooting at other people? Because one who is shooting also is God, and the one who is shot at also is God. That being the case, the substratum of all this play, like in a play or in a movie, shooting etc. is all play, similarly also. This is mithya, but this is all of that Lord Krishna said, how, what is the reality of the world and what is the reality of himself, what's the relationship, all of this Lord I have heard from you. <coughs> and basically I have heard from you that you are everything. <coughs> so in these two verses Arjuna says in brief, what he has heard from Lord Krishna. This is a preface to what he wants to say in the third verse. As he said, the whole purpose of starting Arjuna's statement in the beginning of 11th chapter is he wants to see the cosmic form of the Lord. But before making that request, he prepares the background in the first two verses and now. So Lord Krishna may ask him, all right, I have said all of this. I am the creator and I am still not the creator and I am doing everything and still not. What do you think about this, Arjuna? I have said all of this, what do you think about it? Do you have some opinion about uh, the veracity of what I have said? Arjuna says, Lord, I have no question at all. So third verse he says, Eva me tatvam Eva me tatvam Atmanam Parameshwara Atmanam Parameshwara Drashtamichamite Rupam Drashtamichamite Rupam Aishwaram Purushottama Aishwaram Purushottama Evam Evam Evaitad Yathatum Atmanam Hey Parameshwara, O Lord Yathatum Atmanam Atha In whichever way you are describing yourself Eva Meva, that is indeed so. So Arjuna confirms that I have no question at all, I no, no question at all in, 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 I have no question at all in what you are saying. I have total confidence. So Arjuna expresses Shraddha, that yes, I have total confidence in what you are saying. I have no doubt at all. And this was said in this tenth chapter also. Sarameta Drutamanye Yunmam Vadasikeshava. Hey Keshava Lord, I, I accept that, I understand that whatever you say is indeed true. Again Arjuna says, I, whatever you say is indeed true. 
just as you've been telling about yourself. So, that is true. I accept it. Okay, so let us stop it here. So I say all of this, you understood it now, and you have no doubt about what all I am saying, and therefore everything is fine. But Arjuna says, that is okay. But still, drashtum ichami, ichami, I still desire. Desire what? Drashtum ichami, desire to see. Te rupam, O Lord, I desire to see your form. So, see, when we desire to see, that means we have some question about what they are telling. Sometimes you say, you know what is in my feast here? I have a diamond here. Let me see. So, when you say, let me see, that means that there is a question. I have a doubt in what you are saying. Then alone I will ask, you know, to demonstrate. See, second line, Arjuna says, just to Mithya Rupam, I desire to see that cosmic form. I desire to see that form. You say that you are the self of all. You are the universal self, and you are the one who sustains the whole universe. This is what you say. I want to see that. That means that you are doubting what I say? No, no, not because I am doubting you. Therefore, in the first line he clarifies, I am not doubting what you say. Eva meva, etat yathatvam atthatmanam he parameshwara. You are Parameshwara. Ishwara means the Lord. Parameshwara is the most exalted Lord, Lord of all the Lords, the Supreme Lord. And therefore, I, do, I have no doubt at all. So this is most wonderful. When the student or the disciple has no doubt, that is called Shraddha. That is called Shraddha or the implicit faith or the trust in the words of the teacher and the words of the scripture. So Arjuna enjoys a perfect relationship with Lord Krishna here. It's not always so. It's not that we are always able to trust everything that the teacher says. Questions arise in our mind. Wait a minute. Yeah, my Swami, six months ago you said this, and yesterday you said this, and today you are saying this, and things like that. We may have questions. Arjuna here declares or reveals this total shraddha that, no, I have no doubt at all in what you are saying, and still I want to see. It is not that I request you to show me your cosmic form because I have doubt in what you are saying, but on account of what you are saying, because of what you said, therefore now I'm so desire, I'm so anxious, so desirous, so eager now to see that form. I just can't wait. So I'm so, because of what you described, not questioning what you said, but on account of what you said, that you are, that you are sustaining the whole universe on yourself, that you are the self of all, and therefore I'm eager to see that form. That I want to be further fulfilled by seeing that form. That's it. I'm quite fulfilled, Mohoyam Vigatovam, I'm quite fulfilled even by the teaching that you imparted, but I'll be further fulfilled if you show that cosmic form to me. Trastamichamite <coughs> Rupam, Aishwaram, what Rupam? Lord Krishna will say, you're looking at me, what do you want? I'm right in front of you. Teru, I want to see your form, I'm right here. He says, no, no, Aishwaram Rupam, Ishwariyam Rupam, I want to say that, Aishwaram Rupam. So, Rupa, your form is a Lord. Here you are before me <coughs> in the form of a chariot, in the form of a friend, in the form of a human being. And of course, Lord obtains in many of the forms also, like Chaturbhuja having four arms. Even that form also is not adequate. I want to see your Lord, form as a Lord. Which many reveals what? Jnana. We were yesterday told about the six Bhaga. Bhagavan, one who possesses all of these in absolute measure. Jnana, Aishwarya, Shakti, Bala, Virya, Tejaha. That form which reveals the total knowledge, the total overlordship of sovereignty, the total power, total strength, total valor. So total beauty, that is what I want to see. No more than beauty, he wants to see the power and the valor and the formidability of the Lord and the strength. So that form of yours, I want to see. <coughs> Kurtasi bhushaya, then so that I will get fulfilled by seeing that form. <coughs> we were always, when we were growing up, we were told, deserve before you desire. And so Arjuna has expressed a desire in eagerness. Then he realized, wait a minute, I express my desire in all my eagerness to see the form of the Lord, but do I really deserve to see that? Then again in all humility, Arjuna says in the fourth verse, <coughs> 
मन्यसे यदि तत्सत्यम मन्यसे यदि तत्सत्यम मया द्रष्टुमिति प्रभो मया द्रष्टुमिति प्रभो योगेश्वर तथो मेत्वम योगेश्वर तथो मेत्वम दर्शयात्मानुव्ययम दर्शयात्मानुव्ययम मन्य से यदि तत्सत्यम मया दृष्टुम इफ यू थिंक इट इज पॉसिबल फॉर मी टू सी इफ यू थिंक दैट आई एम फिट टू सी दैट फॉर्म देन शो मी सी इज नॉट प्रेसिंग शो मी द फॉर्म अर्जुन आई एम सॉरी यू कैन सी दैट आई वोट सी इट अर्जुन फर्स्ट सेट इन इज ईगर नेट ओ लॉर्ड आई डिजायर टू सी दैट कॉस्मिक फॉर्म दैट कॉस्मिक फॉर्म ऑफ योर विच विच रिवील्स Of which displays all your power and your knowledge and your valor and all your strength and all of that is revealed. I will see that form, and then he recovers from the eagerness and says, "But Lord, if you think that I am fit to see that form, then you show me. But I know that you can show me. Oh, Prabhu, he addresses Lord Krishna as Prabhu. Prabhu is what Samartha, who is capable. So Lord is called Prabhu. Prabhu can be called master. Prabhu also is the one. Prabhavati is the Prabhu. One with all the prabhava, one with all the strength and the power to do that. Because Lord displays five kinds of powers. One is called Shruti, creation; Shiti, preserving; Samhara, destroying; Pravesha. You know the description that we hear in the Upanishads is. Having created this world, he entered into that. Having created the world of names and forms, Lord entered into that. What is my enter? That means that the one who presently obtains as his limited being is none other than Lord. So, having created the names and forms, he entered. Sarvani rupani vichitya dhira hai, naamani krutva abhivadan yadaste dhira hai. This wise omniscient Lord. Sarvani Rupani Vishitya, having created all the forms, Namani Krutva, assigning them names, he assumed those names, Abhivadan Yadaste, and now he he obtains as declaring himself to be Devadatta, Yadnyadatta, Sharma, Karvarma, etc. He alone has entered into all the forms and now manifests as such. That means he is called Prasha, and Prashasanam he is the ordainer of everybody. So Srusti, Sthiti. Samhara Pravesha Prashasanam. So this Prashasanam means one who is the ruler, one who is the ordainer. And and in Rohdarni Kaupanishad that is described where Yajnavalya says to Maitreyi, Hey Maitreyi, it is by the rule, by the under mighty rule of this Lord that the sun and the moon are in, are obtaining their proper place. It is by the mighty rule of the Lord, the earth and heavens also are in their proper place. That they don't fall apart. That they are where they are. That's how the whole universe is sustained, and that's how there is a harmony in the whole universe. All of this shows the prasanam, the mighty rule of the Lord. So He is creator, sustainer, dissolver, ruler, as well as the self of all. So one who is capable of doing all this is called Prabhu. So Lord, you are capable. You have created the world. What is there in it? You know. I'm sure that you have the capability of showing me the form if you want, Prabhu. And what else you are? Yogeshwara. So Yogeshwara. So one who is the Lord of all the yogis. You know who is a yogi? Yogi is the one who possesses special powers. In the, in this particular case, yoga actually is the concentration of the mind. That's called yoga. Chitta vritti nirodha. Stoppage of all the forces called yoga. But yogi also is the one who possesses various powers. You have heard of astrosiddhis, eightfold powers: anima, lagima, the power of becoming like an atom, power of becoming big, power of becoming light, power of becoming heavy, power of going from one place to the other, power of ruling, power of fulfilling any desires. All these eightfold powers are there, and apparently yogis, on account of the practice of yoga, they they acquire some of these powers. And that's why we hear in our scriptures, also in our Puranas, that there were some yogis who created the world by their own. So Vishwamitra is said to be the one who created heavens. One of his disciples, Trishanku, was thrown away from the heavens. 
So he ordered, he asked his disciple to go to heavens. There was this king Trishangu who wanted to go to heavens in this human form, which cannot be done. He wanted to go to Swarga or heaven in this with this body. Indra says no. Vishwamitra says no, he will come. And the elaborate yagas were performed and Trishangu was made to go to heaven. Indra says, why have you come in this form? He pushed him down, that's all. And so he started falling down. And therefore Vishwamitra was a bit upset. He says, my disciple has been thrown away from heaven. I'll create a new heaven. In fact, he created a new heaven for Trishanko. So yogis can, yogis are also the power of creating things like that. But then, who is Lord Krishna? Yogeshwara. The one who is the Lord of all these yogis. Because of whom the yogis have this power. Which means that the Lord is the one who possesses all these powers in this totality. All the siddhis, all the powers one who possesses in this totality is called Yogeshwara. And so Lord you know, you are the antaratma, you are the self of all, you are my own self and therefore you know what my desire is. And I know that you are capable of doing. <coughs> Yogeshwara tatometvam. Since you are Prabhu, since you are Samartha, since you are capable, therefore, Tataha, Metvam, Darshyam, Darshya, Atmanamogayam. Therefore, Lord, please show me your perennially eternal self. Show me your cosmic form, which is eternal, perennial. <coughs> if you think that, I am, I deserve to see that, or I am capable of seeing it. <coughs> Lord Krishna would have said, okay, Arjuna, if you want to see that form, well, for ten years, perform these penance. Go into yoga, pranayama, this sadhana, japa, do all these things. Did Lord Krishna say that? No. This is what is called grace. No sooner, here is Sant Gyaneshwar, who is one of the great commentators on Bhagavad Gita, he says, then look at Arjuna, how fortunate he is. There is no human being created on the earth or nobody created on the earth as yet who is as fortunate as Arjuna who could even make request to Lord Krishna. Nobody has dared to make this kind of a request to show him the cosmic form. So Lord Krishna has shown his cosmic form to some people. <coughs> Lord Krishna's mother Yashoda was very fortunate or whatever to see her cosmic form. You know, once Lord Krishna was so little and apparently he was eating clay as any child does. And that was there, that was smear, the clay was smeared on his face. And mom asked him, have you eaten clay? He says, no mom, I haven't eaten clay. Oh, you have eaten? Show me your face. Then he opens his face, mouth. Show me your mouth. Let me see whether you eaten clay or not. He opens his mouth. And then Yashoda, the mother, looks into the mouth to see whether clay is there or not. Clay is there or not. You know what she sees? She sees the whole universe in that. In the mouth of Lord, little Lord Krishna, mother Yashoda sees the whole universe. The earth and the sun and the stars and all of these. Just close it, close it. Because she did not want her son to be God. She wanted her son to be son. She wanted, she did not want to have God as her son. She would enjoy being a mother. She didn't want to be, to worship him. She wanted to follow him. So asked him to, asked him to close down. And then of course by grace of Lord, she forgot also. That she saw this cosmic format. In the sense that, that thought that he is God that went away from our mind. But Lord Krishna did show. And another time also he is said or shown his cosmic form is when he went to Duryodhana. See, Lord Krishna was so kind and so compassionate before these Pandavas that he became their messenger. He became their, you know, ambassador thought, you know, and went to Duryodhana and mediator rather and to negotiate with him. And so then the battle war could be avoided. There was no way it could happen. And Duryodhana did not accept any condition at all. Says, give them just five towns, okay? Don't give them, give them half kingdoms, so no way. Give them just five towns. So each brother will have one town. Says, no. Give them five villages. So each brother can have one village. No. Give them one village. They can divide into five. Says, no. Give them five houses. So each one can have one house. No. Give them one house with five rooms. So each one again is one look. No. Duryodhana refused every offer. I will, they will not get from me the land equal to the tip of a nail. If they want anything, they will fight. And thus this fight was, you know, it was 
he could not be avoided at all. And not only that, but Yodhana ordered his attendants, come on, who is this Krishna? Come on, arrest him. At that time, Lord Krishna showed his cosmic form to, to Duryodhana to show him who he is, so that he may take a hint. But Duryodhana did not take the hint. But that's another time when he is said to have shown his cosmic form. But nobody has dared to request him. So Gnaneshwaji says, look, the Sanaka Sanandana, the sages are always around the Lord, but they have never requested the Lord. The gopis are the beloved of Lord Krishna. They never even dare to ask him to show you the cosmic form. And Arjuna dares to ask Lord to show his cosmic form. The first one who has ever made the request. Lord Krishna says, forget it. Do you know who, who I am? Do you know? I mean, you don't deserve it. That's a, he didn't say that. No sooner Arjuna made the request, Lord Krishna says, yes, go ahead and see. What an amount of grace. But Anugraha, we talk, Anugraha means grace. What greater? In the 10th chapter, Arjuna said, please describe your glories in great detail. Certainly, listen from me. In the 11th chapter, Arjuna says, please show me your cosmic form. All right, see it here. That's how Lord Krishna says in the, from the 5th verse now. Shri Bhagavan Vacha, Shri Bhagavan Vacha, Pashyame Partharupani, Pashyame Partharupani, Shatashotha Sahasrasaha, Shatashotha Sahasrasaha, Nana Vidhani Divyani, Nana Vidhani Divyani, Nana Varna Krutini Nana Varna Krutini Pasya is she. Hey Partha, Pasyame Rupani. Hey Partha, hey Arjuna, see my forms. Or some Mahatma explain, you see it is me. Me means mama, that means mine. So this me word in the first, in the first line of the verse goes with Rupani. Pasya means see, me Rupani, see my forms. But the way the construction is Pasya me Partha. So this me means my, go with, hey, hey, my partha, me partha, oh my partha, oh my friend, oh my dear one. So, pasya me rupani, see my form, shatashaha in hundreds, sahasrashaha in thousands. Hundred and thousand years stands for countless. The number is not meant. Like we have this purusha suktam, it starts like this, sahasrashirasha purushaha, Sahasrakshas Sahasrabhat. This cosmic person, the Lord is the one having one thousand heads. Sahasraksha, thousand eyes. Sahasrapat, thousand legs. Now that's a wrong arithmetic. If Lord is one thousand heads, he cannot have one thousand eyes, he should have two thousand eyes. And he cannot have one thousand legs, he should have two thousand legs. So what does he say? A Lord with thousand heads, thousand eyes thousand legs. That thousand should mean countless. Here also, Shatashaha, Sahasrashaha. In Sanskrit, sometimes the word hundred or thousand is used as to denote countless. So, here Arjuna, see my forms in hundreds and thousands. See my countless forms. Well, every form is my form. Nana Vidhani, of many varieties, many varieties of forms. The humans are also there, animals are also there, gods are also there, demons are all kinds of, so many species are there. Nana, variety of forms you see. <clears throat> and of course, Swami, but these forms you see, not this, Divyani. So not the form that you see with your eyes, that you see anyway. Lord Krishna says, you see my divine form. Divyani means alaukika. So whatever our eyes can see is called laukika. Lok means to see. Loka means that which is seen. Laukika is that which can be perceived by the eyes. Alaukika, that which is not available for perception to these eyes. Divyani, see those divine forms. Nana, Varna, Akruti, Nicha. Varna means colors. Here you know, see my forms having variety of colors. Some forms are red and yellow and blue and see all those different colors. Akruti, and see the various Akrutis, various shapes also. God comes in many shapes. 
comes in human shapes, comes in animal shapes, comes in as a lion also, comes as a monkey also, comes as a tiger also, comes as a tree also, comes as a god also. Akrabi, variety of forms are there, variety of colors are there, and thus see my different forms in hundreds and thousands. See, further giving a review, a preview rather, of what Arjuna is going to see. So Lord Krishna gives a preview. So Arjuna is ready to see those things. Further, Lord Krishna says, Pashyadityan Vasun Rudram, Pashyadityan Vasun Rudram, Ashvinau Marutastatha, Ashvinau Marutastatha, Bahunya Drishtapurvani, Bahunya Drishtapurvani, Bharata, Pashyasaryani Bharata. Pasya, see again. Here actually one can just see when you are showing. But Lord is not just showing his forms. He says, be ready to see. Here Pasya means, be ready to see. Although Santa Jnaneshwar, he says that he is showing the forms. As soon as Arjuna made a request, Lord Krishna started showing his cosmic form. See my different forms, variety of forms, of different shapes, of different forms, of different colors. And having described all of this in three verses, then Lord Krishna realized, looking at Arjuna, then Lord Krishna found that the fellow doesn't see anything. Then he says, okay. So that is one way of interpretation. But standard interpretation is that, all right, be ready to see these things. Pashyadityan, see the gods. So divyani rupani, see my divine forms. See God, different gods, Adityan. See there are Aditya, the class of Devatas. There are twelve Devatas called Aditya. Vasun, another class of Devatas, eight Vasus. Rudran, Rudra is another class of Devatas, eleven. Ashvinav, another class of Devatas, two. Marutaha, another class of Devatas, forty-nine. See all of these. All of these Arjuna has heard. See, we hear all of this. At least at the time of Arjuna, all of these are very common, this is very common knowledge. Right now it's not very common knowledge to people, but those days, when they were growing up in the Vedic tradition, this was very common knowledge. And you always wonder, how does India look? How does Aditya, how do they look like? So see all of them. Bahuni, Adushta Purvani. And also Arjuna, see many wondrous things that have never been seen by you, nor seen by any human being. Adushta Purvani. Pashyasaryani Bharata. See many wondrous things. Adhushtapura means that it has not seen before. Arjuna, see many forms and many things that you have never seen before, nor have they been seen by any human being. And Pasya Asharyani, here Arjuna, see many Asharya, many wondrous things also. <coughs> and further, in the seventh verse, Ihai Kastham Jagat Krasnam, Ihai Kastham Jagat Krasnam, Pasyadya Sacharacharam, Pashyadya Sacharacharam, Mama Dehe Guda Kesha, Mama Dehe Guda Kesha, Yachanya Drashtu Michasi, Yachanya Drashtu Michasi. In every verse, Lord Krishna uses his word Pashyad. Yeah. So, this is load, imperative. Pashya, see, see, see. When we were children, you know, uh, I don't. Something like uh, they used to have uh, those those fellows used to come with uh, with a box and all kinds of I think slides or whatever was there inside and we were made to see. Come on now, see Banaras, see Rishikesh, see this, see that, see the fat man, see the washerman. He, he will keep on rotating and the children will see. We will give him some one five ten paisa or something like that, whatever it is, and see this now. Okay, you see the Himalaya, see Rishikesh, see this. As you are showing us, so Lord Krishna says, see this now, come on, see Aditya, see Vasu, see Rudras. And where am I going to see all of this? Yeah, right here. Ekastham, right here, Mama Dehe, here Juna, see all, you don't have to go any place to see. Because to see all of this, you have to take a trip. So no, no, you don't have to go any place. See where? Yeah, right here. Where? Mama Dehe, in my body. See all of this whole universe in my body. Ekastham, obtaining in one place. <coughs> Pasya, Adya, right now, 
because this may take years and years to see. No, see it right now. Sachara, sharam, 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 sanction and insension, or moving and unmoving. Mama dehi gurakesha, he gurakesha, see it in my body. Yet chanya dashtamichasi, and whatever it is that you want to see, see it all here in my body. <coughs> That's how Lord Krishna also, first of all, creates a background, a preface, before showing his actual form. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Opunapunaha Ishvaro Gururatmeji Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadhyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om